0: What if we saw men and women begin to cluster within two parties instead of this urban-rural divide being the primary differentiator between the parties? Mm-hmm. And so here I'm going to put up a chart where you see you have a huge explosion of difference in, in South Korea, a smaller one in the United States, a, a larger one in Germany, and a large one in the UK as well. Would you like to know more?
1: Hello, Malcolm. We are actually here, not just to order Indian food because we're being indulgent and weak, did you did awful. you probably see order yet? I did. it's It's ordered. It's coming. Uh,
0: ok. Well, we are here to discuss a political theory I have had for a while, and it's weird because actually, like I'm surprised we haven't seen this happen more. And now we're really beginning to see it play out in politics. And I don't like it's one of the theories where I was like, I'm surprised more people didn't have this theory or didn't think this was going to happen. And Simone pointed out that during women's suffrage, actually a lot of people did expect this to happen. I just need to go back to those old articles before ideas like this were banned from the general population (laughs) so we need to set a few stages here okay men and women are psychologically different from each other they see the world different from each other on average not every man and every woman right but on average necessary
1: throat clearing complete
0: (laughs) right and if you look at, well, I mean, it's, it's you know, and I, I mentioned this, I often get sad when I think about like Neanderthals going extinct. How cool would it be if like another type of human lived on this world that we could commune with and learn from and see the world differently from their perspective? Because they'd almost certainly have like systemic psychological differences from us. And I'm like, but we do. And like even better than that, with this male-female thing, you get to like make out with them and you get to choose one as like <laughs> your primary partner for life. Um it, no, it, it works well, right? But there are sustained psychological differences between men and women, which people, I think, you know, the left doesn't want to it doesn't want to talk about it, it doesn't want to admit it because they have this belief that all humans are the same. All humans are exactly psychologically the same. All humans have exactly the same proficiencies. And yet, somehow, diversity matters. Diversity doesn't matter if we're not different, diversity is a thing of value because we are different. You knobs. What you actually mean is you are incapable of dealing with a world in which genuine diversity exists, and this is something we see when leftists start shrieking when they're like, oh, "But if you genetically select your kids for IQ, what if your kids are smarter than the general population?" And it's like the world isn't hurt because some smarter people exist. Yeah, is are we worse off for Einstein? Are we worse off for X smart person? Like there is. Well, no and as uh,
1: Johnny Anomaly argues in the book Future Humans, I. Higher IQ is is pretty well documented to be associated with pro sociality. You know, plus, you know, a better economy, all these
0: other good things. So, you will, if of, if
1: you yeah. are an incredibly dumb person, you want to live where there are smart people. It doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: does yeah, it does it but but the point being is it's an incredibly sociopathic thing to say and what they mm-hmm. really mean by saying that is because the way that their party and their ideology has been able to justify and engage with diversity is through pretending that diversity doesn't actually exist. When a they recognize that through things like genetic selection, human diversity may come to exist, they psychologically are incapable of dealing with that. And as such, their only action is to maintain human genetic purity and prevent people like us from breeding. Um, because they don't like that we pollute the human gene pool with science.
1: They don't like our our my little pencil neck and our glasses. It's so funny when people like in articles that make fun of us, or in like chat threads that make or whatever, like Reddit threads that make fun of us for being eugenicists. You know, they accuse us of that even though they're totally wrong. Then they like proceed to be like, "In their they're
0: nearsighted. They wear thick glasses." Like, what a I'm eugenics sorry. insult, though, right? It shows right. Write- they are the eugenicists. And yeah, they it really does have inclination
1: it. Yeah. This, it's not a, it's not a good look. Whereas, Whereas like,
0: we're excited when anyone, you know, who wants to have kids and is, is socially responsible is having kids. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: anyway, so I had this theory where I was thinking where it's like, okay, so, and, and this is true. Men and women vote differently, right? They have different views on subjects and they relate to political subjects in different ways that men and women would drift towards sort of their own political parties and that the primary political divide in the world would become a male-female divide rather than a party or inclination divide. And so, you know, historically, if you look at the United States, what the political divide had been up until recently was an urban-rural divide. Urban populations versus rural populations. And this makes a lot of sense. You know, the urban populations were the Democrats and the rural populations were the Republicans um and as the democrats uh, became more of a monoculture like as the city centers began to be eaten by the mimetic virus which is sort of eating the world and the only place where you could have diversity anymore was within rural population centers the, the the republicans became the party of diversity and the democrats became the party of conformity now of course they superficially need to pretend like they care about diversity because they want diversity of victims for the virus they don't care what you look like or what your background is or what your your moral fortitude is if they can convert you they'll take you and that's what they mean by diversity but they they don't actually tolerate any sort of diversity of ideologies or cultural perspectives outside of in the most token of context and and i could go deeper. well it's, it's
1: it's extremely inclusive and also conformist it's inclusive and conformist
0: Yes. So, well, and that's what it means to have a diversity of victim. There's inclusive and confirmist. They will take anyone, but once you join, you cannot ideological differ on any meaningful point. You can't differ on what you think about human sexuality. You can't differ on what you think about gender. You can't differ on what you think about a relation to the environment. You can't differ on what you think about morality. You can't differ on what you think about the future of our species should be. Yeah. So there's just a, a really tight constraint on the cultural practices here. You can wear your little funny hat and, and say that you're from a, a culturally different... You can't even say that humans are different from each other you can't differ on that point god no whereas you know the the diversity of rural cultures they, they genuinely do have a diversity of belief systems but anyway so i was like well what if we saw men and women begin to cluster was in two parties instead of this urban rural divide being the primary differentiator between the parties mm-hmm. and now i think that that's what we're seeing and we're seeing it more and more these last few years why it's happened these last few years i don't know but i'm gonna put a graph on the screen it appears to be tied directly to modern sort of potentially demographic collapse or the internet. And we can hypothesize this to what, or really the, the a bit after the proliferation of mobile phones. So here I'm going to put up a chart where you see you have a huge explosion of difference in, in South Korea, a, Smaller one in the United States, a a larger one in Germany, and a large one in the UK as well. So let's just talk about what we're seeing in these different graphs. So in South Korea, you see men going significantly more conservative, starting around 2015, and then just exploding in the conservative direction. Yeah, in so the, the, United- the,
1: the, the young men in, in South Korea specifically prefer the conservative opposition People Power Party and the young women of south korea are polarizing into the liberal democratic party so it's also the same it's it's conservative versus liberal in terms of mindset
0: yeah well well and there's something that you see in most of these graphs as well particularly in the u.s graph is that if you go to the 1980s it was actually women who were more likely to be conservative and men who were more likely to be progressive
1: but isn't that when the conservative party was more conformist
0: Exactly. That's what you're really seeing here, the conformist versus anti-conformist tendency, yeah. whereas this is when the satanic panic was happening. This is when the conservative party was really controlled by panicky housewives hmm. who were afraid that their kids were listening to too much rock and roll. And and of course, that appeals to the same conservative whatever you saw, lower c conservative intuition that women have which is that they need to control what everyone else is thinking and doing and and so in the u.s what you see which is really interesting is that after you have this switch in parties which happened in the 80s men have actually stayed about the same in their political beliefs whereas women have gone far 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 to the left And and this really started around two thousand ten. So you're Um, saying women
1: are becoming more extreme, men are not. Men are
0: not in the US.
1: The same is true. Do you you think the same is true in South Yeah, I guess in South Korea is where you're getting the four nose
0: movement. No, no, no. It, the opposite happened in South Korea. You think yes, men are, women are becoming slightly more Korea. extreme in South Korea, but it's really mostly men who are becoming more extreme in South Korea.
1: In what way are men becoming more extreme in South Korea? Because most people just talk about the Four nose movement, which is all—it's a women thing. It's not. it's like, what well, are the I men think
0: here? this is why women don't want to marry these men anymore because they all expect women to have these really conservative attitudes. Hmm. But yeah, no, men, it is men who have gone off the deep end in South Korea. So women I mean, have gone off the deep end in the U.S. In Germany, it's women who have gone off the deep end, and in the U.K a very interesting phenomenon happened that you might be surprised about men and women actually tracked with women being more conservative until around 2010 well um, so content. then both men and women flew way more progressive with women just going further than men okay Huh. Mm. so interesting right like uh this this is this is not what i expected to see but it does make sense if you have like this two species world basically men are for mars men are for species venus that's the way you explain it to like a dumb person with me i'm like men are neanderthals women are homo sapiens like two different like biological perspectives on realities it makes sense when you i think it's really the internet that causes when you have the internet and people are able to find common cause especially Actually, no, I'm going to take it back. It's not the Internet that causes. You know what I think causes hmm. the breakdown of relationship structure. I think what historically caused men and women to converge on a similar political ideology is that most men and women were married. Oh, and so that, that is to most- say that
1: they they aligned over something bigger than just themselves and therefore found common ground.
0: Yeah, not only that, but you had these two different iterations of humanity, but they were always living in these partnerships with each other. And so there was some motivation to learn how the other side thought and to learn the other side's value system and to be tempered by that other side. I mean, I think a lot of Red Pillars, they come to our podcast and they're like, wow, he looks so cut in the way he relates to ideas. And it's like, no, I just understand that there's value in multiple perspectives. And my wife brings me value in helping me see a more holistic picture of the world. Well, um, but I think we
1: should also discuss why the progressive ideology has become so dominant when in the past a, a you know, like masculine leadership has has been dominant. And, and I think. The, the problem is that now governing structures are bureaucratic in nature. Like that is just how governments work. That's how they're set up and women perform better in bureaucracies. Like it, it, that's my theory, at least. Do you think that there's something else going on here? Like why, <clears throat> why is the female dominated party and why would conformism, which you'd think wouldn't be as competitive. You think it would lead to ossification and stagnation and you know losing a competitive edge why why
0: ah so this is interesting and we had prepped about this this morning why is it the female side has become more dominant than the male side Mm. so i think that there's sort of three overlapping factors here i think probably the most important factor is not the female over competition within bureaucratic environments but that females are the sexual gatekeepers of our species and that a lot of men when i see men who are progressives they really appear to be largely pretending for access to sex that's mm. like it, not all but especially the most progressive men like the white 90 men they don't appear to actually hold these views it appears to be what do i need to say and do to get access to women <laughs> and we have talked about this in our, our studies whereas People point out if you're looking at the amounts of grapes that are reported by women who are in progressive communities like college campuses and stuff like that. They are higher than in like basically lawless sub-Saharan African countries. Like the the amount of grapes you see in these communities seem almost impossibly high to people. They're like, these are higher than regions where people are earning on average yearly less than 5,000 USD per year like and and where there is not a sustained police population everything like that how is that possible and so they discount them they say the women are over reporting these i do not believe women are over reporting these i believe from from what i've seen when women enter these communities that are extremely pro-left i think that it disproportionately attacks rapist men and I think it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Like if a man is just a complete sociopath and if you do have this differentiation between the way men and women view the world, the men with integrity are going to say, even if it loses them access to sexual partners, what they really think, whereas the sociopaths and the narcissists are going to say whatever they need to say to gain access to, to sexual resources. And so women in these communities are having much more unconsensual sex Because of this, because they don't understand what they have done, where they have said, we will not allow any man into our community who doesn't answer yes to these questions, but the only men answering yes to these questions are the ones who are lying. And so they have basically created a shooting fish in a barrel situation. And it's it's really horrifying. And this is something I'd be really scared about with my daughters is letting them go into these communities, because I think that they are actually pretty likely to be raped within these communities. Uh, it reminds me, I mean, and, and, and there is this delusion within these communities around the actual risk. I mean, if you remember when the Israeli-Palestinian war broke out, a lot of these protests were predominantly female. Where they were protesting, like, let there be peace, let's promote the people of Gaza. And they were all along the Gaza border, right? There was I think at least one, I think there was more than one of these, these big like peace concerts where you had all of this horrible stuff happen, but it but you're like, why would they go there? Like, why would they think this is a good idea? And it is because there is this like delusion field and conformity enforcement within this female side of things there is much less desire to seek what is true and much more desire for conformity, regardless if, if this is true or that is true. And then it leads to higher amounts of these, these negative things happening within these communities. So I think that that's one thing, right? Is sexual access. And they're able to use sexual access to pull out all the sociopathic men and all the narcissistic men. And just, you know, like, this is generally what I think. When I see a man who is a far progressive, I generally think he must be a sociopath or a narcissist. Some level of like dark pride personality traits there. Then the other thing that you see is this higher performance within bureaucratic organizations. I think that's another thing that leads to it. And uh, the mm-hmm. final thing is that I think that before this, the parties really were genuinely divided into an urban optimization function and a rural optimization function for the different economic sectors within our country. I mean, historically, whenever you've had two different economic sectors in the that country, that's where the parties have sort of coagulated and the urban the previous urban faction of course is going to have more power than the rural faction and of course it's going to be more conformist than the rural faction because an individual who isn't conformist is going to leave urban population centers do you have additional thoughts on this or i remember you had some really piffy thing that you said this morning i was incredibly impressed i was like oh what a what a fun thing to say yeah i see my notes from this morning's conversation but i don't see i'm sorry Oh, well, wow. you, you are always so entertaining when we're having these pre whatever talks, and now our audience doesn't get to hear your brilliance.
1: I love that that you you still provide this plausible deniability that I may actually sometimes have good ideas when, like, really honestly, let's be honest. Most of my me. ideas are actually no. good. No, mm-hmm. no, nope. all of the fun. I just convinced
0: you. I bounced my ideas off of you and you helped me come to them, but I wouldn't come to them without you
1: by asking dumb questions. It's a very pinky in the brain kind of thing, which is perfect. but i think
0: many more people think i'm insane than you
1: i mean the brain is kind of insane
0: yeah um, i guess right pinky's just dumb so everyone wins you know i love you
1: what are we gonna do tomorrow night
0: the same thing we do every night pinky try to take over the world okay well do you have any additional thoughts on this like why do you think women have been able to achieve so much more power within this existing political system
1: I think it's 100 percent. I mean, so we are going through the process right now. Like one of the reasons why I cannot think is because we are going through the process of attempting to collect a sufficient number of petition signatures to get on the Republican ballot to run for state house in Pennsylvania. And the process is so incredibly bureaucratic all these little then like the paper in this well this has to be printed double-sided with both sides up and you can't like not on this you can never put this and you have to put the township and not the city name and you oh my god like this is insane and it it, like this is not this is i think you need to have a
0: level of submissiveness within you and inherent to you to be open to doing this
1: well and and just sort of like bureaucratic pompousness and like A lack of ambition, frankly, because like to, yeah, to submit yourself to a system that is so dumb, that is so inefficient, that is so poorly designed. And I get, I get the intent behind a lot of the things that are built into the process of registering a campaign committee and, you know, becoming, you know, a candidate to run for office and collecting signatures. I understand the intent, but oh my God, they did it so bad. So like, yeah, to, to be, I I would say like that typical like hyper masculine, high risk, high reward kind of archetype and to run for office is very, very difficult or especially to be a government worker and like live in that world every single day. You know, at least politicians sort of have to go through a lot of bureaucratic nonsense and then. I guess, and then they never really escape it. But then they become capable of hiring people to do a lot of it for them. You know what I mean? And then they become more of like a figurehead, at least like higher up in the system. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, to me, that's I just I can't, I can't avoid seeing that as just such such a major factor. And again, it's about conformity. It's you have to go through this exact process, and if you deviate it, if one little part of the form is not properly filled out, you are out. That is conformity. You know, that is that is imposing conformity on a group saying that you are you know equally you know you, you are open to all and this is a process it's entirely democratic except well actually i mean if you have a job or
0: yeah, no, you keep saying if you have a job there's no way you could run for office in this country
1: there's no way i don't get it yeah i mean like if, if you're if you economic economically signatures,
0: productive citizen and, and economically productive people don't understand this about economics they're like Well, that just means you make more money. You know, the amount of money you make is generally correlated with the amount you add to society. And then people are like, well, what about billionaires? Like, they make so much money. And I'm like, well, it reminds me of this. You know, you love these 1950s coronet films. I think one did a very good job of showing this. It was like every individual factory worker is able to make Well, you know, X boppets per day. And that's how much money. And then it's like, but then Joe came along and learned you could add this. And it, like, increased every factory worker's productivity by 25%. He's like, that's the equivalent of, like, X many, because there's, like, X many thousand factory workers. That's the equivalent of X many, you know, thousand a day. And, and he's like, and that's why Joe deserves to be paid more than like 500 factory workers. Oh. And of course they would be like, what? It's like, no, that is literally the incremental benefit he provided to society. And they're like, well, then what about the, the investors? Like, certainly they don't deserve this. Well, if this guy who just did this, then takes his money and risks it and puts us on a line. We do investing. We lose our money investing all the time. Like I think people act like investing's like a sure thing, right? Like we lose our money investing all the time. Probably, well, until now, we've we've probably made slightly more money investing than we've lost in terms of high-risk deals. But even still, like you you, you, if you are not incredibly smart and incredibly judicious and put in an incredible amount of work into betting these investments, and, and these investments allow other people, people without capital, people without you know, for example, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, what you're just giving it to like Harvard grads or something like that. And it's like, well, actually, if you give money to Harvard grads, you're going to make significantly less money off of those investments. The investments where we make the most money. the money where people don't want to give that individual money because there's something about them. Like in Korea, we would often invest in people who dropped out of college. In the U.S., we invest in people who have been in the prison system because nobody else wants to give them money so we can get better terms. And they're like, isn't that like using them? And it's like, no, like this is why capitalism is good because they're offering us better terms. Somebody who otherwise wouldn't have looked at them now thinks that this is a potentially interesting investment and we can all benefit. It's a very beautiful system, to be honest. But of course, to a conformist who wants to do nothing, you know, one of the posts I saw this morning that really got me is it was like, they were mad that women were not just like standing in front of watering holes. They're like, I was, as a woman, meant to just like stand around and look beautiful all day in front of like like water nymphs, like like around pools of water, right? Dude, and like, Women never did that. Like, like even women does. who
1: like were paid for their looks, they have to work their asses off
0: oh yeah yeah and still
1: yeah. you know like the biggest earners on OnlyFans and all these other sites are
0: those who work
1: hard
0: oh my god that's what we respect about ayla she puts all this effort into like all this stuff around sex statistics if you look at her early story she was doing all the statistical research to find out how to make her accounts do well in the early days because i mean at least to me i don't know other people may think she's particularly attractive i don't um, i think she's gorgeous.
1: I but I also like
0: as attractive as you
1: are you kidding? No, she is way more attractive than me, but I guess I'm your type. Thank God. Oh my God. I'm so glad I'm your type. But so he, here's a question that I have is okay. Outlook not good. You know, South Korea's, especially because they sort of have no other cultural differentiation. That's really distinct. It's now gone to gender and the parties are becoming incredibly polarized. And our party system is becoming quite polarized among youth as well. You know, this is not looking good. What how in what future timeline? What would the future timeline look like in which this is not this this gets better? How will how will it things doesn't change? get better?
0: You need to move to charter cities. Charter cities are the future of the political and economic structure of the world. That's Just,
1: I was thinking something similar but different. I was thinking like fiefdoms. That eventually so that's what a charter
0: be, city is. People of, call us I don't know. So charter and cities it techno. to
1: me sound too bureaucratic to actually be cool.
0: I, I'm sorry to charter cities, but like the existing charter cities will create a good one.
1: Yeah, well, but then it's it's really a fiefdom. Like it is, it is so it's like basically like a ruler or a business that creates some sovereign territory that people move to because it's actually functioning. And I I just don't, I, so the, my, here's my problem with charter cities. And maybe this is totally wrong. And I'd love for you to school me in where I'm just not that convinced is people who create a city just to create a city are not going to create a good city. Good cities come from economic, uh, economic opportunity. They come from people who are already like wealthy or producing or because doing because you're something thinking really in amazing. a historic
0: context. Yeah. And that is true in a historic context, but the world has changed. In a world with rapidly declining populations in the economically productive countries and population pools, historically, when you had a ever-increasing world talent pool, things of a discrete quantity increased in value on average, whether it's gold or land or Bitcoin. When you have a a rapidly decreasing quantity of individuals who are economically productive, it is the individuals themselves who become the primary units of account within a society. Mm -hmm. And so as far as those individuals are mobile, they will leave the countries they're in and move to these charter cities, which makes these charter cities the primary because countries like the US will become increasingly taken over by these feminist socialist dictatorships, basically, unless they go in the, the opposite direction. And we have a break from our democratic system right now. And, and so as they become more and more bureaucratic, more and more toxic to live in for anyone who's economically productive or innovative, those individuals will leave and go to these small concentrated areas, which will be the economic hubs of the world in the future. Do you think these,
1: these male polarized parties, you know, the conservative party in the US, the people power party in, in South Korea, are they doomed to fail? Is there some world in which masculinity in government can succeed
0: there is but it requires more time a World political and social system shift where we are moving from the period of the roman republic to the roman empire oh no and i think we we're not be-
1: implying that trump should become an emperor
0: by the way <laughs> no, I I do not think he'd be a particularly effective emperor. Um, well, he's too
1: old. I think you need a younger emperor. Like if we're going to go that way.
0: I am implying I should become an
1: emperor. Please, Malcolm, I'm all for this. I'm I'd I'd find a way Malcolm to do
0: it. Trust me, bloodlessly. But, yeah,
1: you vaporize them instead of other messy mechanisms. I'm all for right, that. No.
0: But I I do think that that's realistically where we're going as a country. We're either going to transition from a democracy to an empire or we are really going. Do you think
1: that's possible in the United States? I just don't know. I, I don't are you I think serious? the United States is too well Hold resourced. on, hold on.
0: Let's talk about how possible it is. Both political parties in the US right now are genuinely unwilling to recognize the legitimate election of the opposite party. But
1: hasn't um, that been happening throughout our entire lifetime? No, I mean, there was the not. hanging it chad
0: with. Has not. People who tell you that are lying to you. I
1: remember what a big there- deal it was when George Bush beat Gore. Allegedly.
0: Allegedly. Yes, but people largely admitted that that was okay and moved on with it. I think right now, no, 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 it's true. If you look historically in American history, there have been periods of higher political divide where people hated each other more, where people said worse things about the other candidate, right? Okay. But people still basically believed the Democratic system was working. When you saw the first Trump election cycle, right? there was genuine disbelief on the left that he had actually been elected Mm -hmm. and now they are moving to a system and it's worse than that okay it's worse than just a, a a a disbelief in the system in the left and you see this within leftist communities today where i'm like look there is actually pretty good evidence of not election fraud in the way that republicans talk about election fraud but Yeah, there was stuff going on. I I can't get too into detail here because this is one of those things where we have special access to information that other people don't have access to. And when I talk about this with my other, you know, quote unquote, not other, but like elitist leftist friends who I have who consider us part of their peer group, they're like, yeah, but like, It's okay because Trump can't be elected.
1: It's okay because we want it. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay because...
0: No, but historically, that wasn't the way Americans felt. Americans didn't feel that it was genuinely a danger to allow someone who they disagreed with to be democratically elected. Mm -hmm. And the left feels this way very, very strongly now. They genuinely feel that if the alternative is Trump, cheating is better. But... The right also feels this way. If the alternative is the left, cheating is better. And I, I hear this among my Republican friends as well. I am sorry. I, I hear this. They're like, this is better. It's not everyone. It's not everyone on the left. It's not everyone on the right. But the proportion of Americans who feel this way, as people who interact with both the left and the right, both people in high positions within the left and the right, this mindset is becoming increasingly common. And you can say that, oh, you guys are evil for saying that we are transitioning to an empire. I'm not even saying this is a prescriptive thing. I'm just saying it is obviously happening. When both parties begin to think it's okay to cheat in elections and begin to deny the election results when they do not turn out in their favor, which both parties are doing increasingly now, that is the premonitions or predecessors to an imperial turning. Hmm. or a collapse, or one party basically banning the other party, or, oh, you know what they would do? I mean, classically. Like, suppose we were in some communist dictatorship, right? Right, Where, like, the two-party system was basically a scam. What they would do is they would just send the, the leading candidate of the opposing party to jail. You know, tie them up with a bunch of criminal proceedings. Yeah. But that would never happen in the U.S. No. And that's,
1: no, certainly. that couldn't happen. It certainly hasn't recently happened multiple times. I mean, come on. Malcolm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I would never accuse the U.S. of doing something as insane as having spurious lawsuits against a political opponent. And people are like, no, 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 the lawsuits aren't spurious. You see, it says right here on the lawsuits that the lawsuits exist for this region. And everyone of my political party agrees with me that this is a good reason to have this lawsuit. And it's like... I'm like, I like Trump, okay? But I'm not like the biggest fan. I think he's got some ethical issues. These lawsuits are completely spurious. They are just meant for political advantage. Well, the one's
1: taking him off the ballot because he hasn't been convicted of committing treasonous acts. He hasn't been convicted of inciting an insurrection.
0: There's been no conviction. And they're like, "Oh, oh, but technically you don't need a conviction. It's like, okay, if you're saying, well, technically I'm allowed to do this when it's, taking the leading political opposition off a ballot, you need to understand that you are setting our system up for a transfer, whether it's your side or ours, to an imperial system. Because when you think that you can do something that severe to a democratic system, out of a technicality due to wording, you are showing how little respect you have for the will of the people of this country. And when bad. no side has respect for the will of the people, then why are we even pretending anymore?
1: I don't know, though. I mean, like when when we've done door knocking, for example, you know, we have people saying things like, I just want nothing to do with politics. I'm also seeing like an increasing indifference. And I wonder if a lot of what's going on, because I don't like, you know, polling can be really off. Is if similar with like, you get the impression that like every college student that isn't openly conservative is pro-hamas when like really not really you know that's that's not the case but you you get the impression that like america is very polarized on the issue of abortion when no i disagree with
0: you on on some of the stuff
1: really okay i think
0: you might be underestimating the extent of the virus within the college ecosystem in the amount of, well, but maybe they you're, don't understand you are overestimating what
1: they mean. the way that the, the college Hold ecosystem on. represents mainstream society, most Americans.
0: No, no, no. They do not understand what they mean when they say, I am pro Hamas. They do not understand what they mean when they say, I am suspicious of the intentions of the Israeli, Israeli state. But they still feel these things because they do not think for themselves. I think that this is actually a mainstream opinion on college campuses. I think anti-Semitism is actually mainstream in the US right now. And and I think it's been mainstream in the left for a while. When I went to college, my college did research was you I went to St. Andrews and they did research for the Israeli military, like we did collaborations with them this was in the uk and at one point during my college experience students did like a sit down in like one of the major college buildings and like didn't allow classes to happen they didn't allow anything to happen and it was to cancel these research partnerships that we were doing with israel it didn't end up happening back back then this the university still had a spine they were just like what but uh, no this stuff has happened historically for a long time and I'd actually say for like the reformed Jewish movement, who is like, this came out of nowhere. This reminds me of like, you know, because I've talked to a lot of people who ex- lived through the Holocaust and they're like, look, I read Mein Kampf. Like, I knew this was coming. This reminds me of a lot of people from that time when they're like, I told my community, read this dang book. He's telling us what he's about to do. You guys need to get the out. And I feel that but right that, now,
1: both sides have. A, OK, so your argument is that both sides have a very clear playbook and each playbook is extremely anti-democratic. Uh,
0: yeah, both playbooks are anti-democratic, but I would also specifically here is the progressive side is incredibly anti-Semitic and anyone who cannot see what happens if they win, any Jew who can't see what happens if they win is honestly they deserve what they get. And people might be like, why would you say that? And it's because, well, this experience that I had that was really meaningful to me. So I was talking was I might have talked about this in some of our books, but it was my girlfriend in high school. I dated a Jewish girl for a while. Really liked her, actually. She's one of one of my favorite girlfriends I dated other than my wife. Right. Why do I always date Jews? Right. I always date Jews anyway. And her grandfather. I've only heard of one. I Really? yeah so her grandfather escaped the the holocaust and he was in a jewish community at the time and he had actually read mein Kampf, and that's what him off and he got really freaked out he's like this is gonna happen and he was a teenager at the time and he got like he made such a stink about this like apparently he like made a big about this to try to get everyone's attention and and the community basically kicked him out and so one when- he he broke into his girlfriend at the time's house like broke in like broke the window snuck in at night and was like look either you come with me or you're definitely going to die and she trusted him and she came with him and he ended up marrying her and that was his wife and this this girl was a descendant of this family and everyone he knew for he knew from that community ended up dying and and i think that when you're saying something when you're like look you don't understand the powers that be are actually threatening to you right now No, I would say with this story, it does not have the happiest. He did make a few mistakes. Typically, he fled to Poland. Um, (laughs) Whoops. And then he fled to Russia. Oh. And then he fled to Siberia. He ended up coming to the US from the East. That was how bad it ended up having to be. But um, oh, it's,
1: so he just like Dante, he just had to go all the way through hell and then just out all the way through speaker. hell to come back yeah. out
0: and settled on the east coast and had Poor a bunch thing. of descendants and, and lived <laughs> at I mean he was very financially successful in life. So he lived a happy, you know, you know, whatever life. But I I think that people don't, like, like one of the useful things about studying what was happening and what happened to the Jews who tried to warn their communities about what was about to happen pre-Holocaust is you can learn a lot from that. Like, that got me really interested in this phenomenon. Hmm. What happened to the Jews who tried to warn their communities what was about to happen? And I think that today was in Jews in the progressive sphere who are warning like this is not normal what's going on right now. Bad things are going to come of this and worse the, the things that are so bad that it would be considered offensive for me to even tell you where this is heading. Yeah, that is I mean, what people felt in the past. What makes
1: me very concerned about this is when the pandemic happened, there was just this complete Inability of even really, really, really smart people we know. Although a lot of people, they, I would I mean, so so many of your smart friend circles did totally see this coming and were like, "Guys, everyone, let's get PPE like in January," you know, like well, it's huge. Yeah, all my friends but are doing this. So many other smart people we knew, like many of of the investors in our travel business, for example, were like, "Don't worry, this will blow over in four months." Like.
0: It's fine. Yeah, people need to understand was the pandemic. We shut down our company and battered basically all the doors at a stage where if the pandemic happened the way we predicted, because I was like looking at pandemic cases. I have a background training in biology. I was like, there is no way this doesn't spread globally. I do not know how anyone is saying this isn't going to spread globally. The pandemic was real. Like conservatives are like the pandemic isn't real. The pandemic was real. People Mm. did stuff in response to it, but the pandemic was real when I was like, they're definitely going to shut down and ground all flights. If we had been wrong in this assertion, we would have been fired and we would have been permanently disgraced in our fields. We bet our careers, our lives, and our livelihoods on the pandemic spreading in the way that it did. And we were told that we were insane by otherwise smart people. Because at the time, the progressive standpoint was... And a lot of people forget that this was true early in the pandemic because it was anti the narrative. The people freaking out about the pandemic were called conservative extremists in the very early days.
1: And that's just it makes me afraid because it means. What are we going to experience with other like black swan events? Um, well, we're
0: experiencing a few right now i mean that's what the fertility <laughs> crash the yeah did.
1: right and, and people are completely Earth. unwilling to recognize that it could possibly be an issue
0: right yeah. so well i love you and i'm glad that you have so much mental fortitude and that you're here fighting with me for all this because the world would be screwed if it wasn't for women like you and i really hope that our audience who's out there looking for partners can find good partners good women exist like men who are
1: No, hold on. You just cut out after saying good women exist.
0: Good women exist. Men who are out there saying you can't trust any woman. All I'd say is that you are objectively and provably wrong. There are many men who have had great relationships with intelligent, emotionally mature women. And really, this is just your defeatism. If you can make yourself into a good enough man, you can get a great woman. You just have to keep trying and you need to treat it like a second job yeah but wise yeah, words malcolm videos Collins. on finding a wife in a fallen world that's one of our, our actually better performing videos so if anyone wants to oh, check it is. that
1: out oh that's good i'm glad because i really want people to well, you know we it. had the
0: paired video on that which is how to get sex whenever you want sex and and the ai said oh no 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 no. we do not like your strategy we here we do no. not publish this we do not publish this do not maybe publish someday
1: so there will be some like high tier of Substack subscriber that gets access to that but also like
0: no, because then reporters would pay for access to it and they'd use it against us.
1: Yeah. Not, oh, like our political careers and public advocate careers are not already completely destroyed by... Well, we have the things. episode,
0: which I am debating whether or not to publish now. Oh, uh, God. Which is it, is victim blaming actually a good thing? Exactly. It, See,
1: that's, it, I mean, you know, we're done. It
0: includes the argument, not the argument, the question from the evidence is is it more the husband or the wife's fault when the wife gets abused? Physically abused. This is a very spicy question to consider seriously. And so so we don't consider it seriously. We consider it as a joke. And we look only at fictional data, not real world data. I mean, if it accidentally correlates with real world data, that would be (laughs) (laughs) a funny, weird thing. But we certainly hadn't looked at the data before postulating what it might say
1: certainly not but you know of course regardless we're going to hell so i'll see you in hell my friend
0: but I mean, obviously we are. we're going to progressive hell which it turns <laughs> out weird is heaven that that telling the truth even when it conflicts with the societal narratives that it turns out that, that isn't what gets people actually sent to hell it's lying so that you can fit societal narratives and be accepted within a population group that has fallen <laughs> that that's what gets you sent to hell in the real world but anyway so fun hell is wherever you aren't so
1: as long as we're going together my friend
0: we're good (laughs) you are the sweetest best wife i could ask for
1: i i hate all humans except you i don't know what to say and our kids of course but that's just pocket malcolms i love all the pocket
0: malcolms i need to have the little quote by april lubgate here
1: i guess i kind of hate most things but I never really seem to hate you. So I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Is that cool? <laughs> beautiful quote, beautiful quote. Well, right. we got some Indian food to get. Yes. I'm so excited. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you. Oh, wow. It worked? I think it did. Whoa, cool.
0: All right, well, I appreciate you changing your order for my benefit. Aww.
1: You know I only I just really want to make you happy like it matters so fucking much to me. <laughs> oh my god. It's happening. Fuck, it's happening.
0: Jesus, I'm so excited. You need Why to stop being this okay? to
1: Why did you do this?
0: Because I want you to be happy. And I thought that this would really cheer you up tonight.
1: Well, wait, how long have we been recording? For seven minutes?
0: I'll use some of this.
1: Don't. Oh, my God. You're the worst. Well, okay.